Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of our Grom Squad podcast series around Whiskey Throttle Media. I'm your host, Brent Bowser. Before we jump in the podcast, I want to give a shout out to Racetech for coming on board and sponsoring our podcast. They're a big supporter of Whiskey Throttle Media. You can go on to racetech.com and see all the different parts and services they offer. Suspension work, motor work, and just a whole lot of other things they can do. So if you haven't had a chance to check them out, go on to racetech.com and see what products and services they have available. We're here today with SLR Honda's Parker Ross. What's going on, Parker? How are you, man? I'm doing pretty good. Awesome. Well, hey, dude, I appreciate you taking the time to do this with us today. For those out there who aren't familiar with who you are, just go ahead and give us a little bit of background on yourself, where you're from, how old you are, when you started riding, just things that people who aren't familiar with you wouldn't know about you. Yeah, I'm Parker Ross. I'm from Harold, California, which is up in Northern California by Sacramento. And I'm 18 years old, just turned 18 in September. Started riding when I was 20 months old, started racing when I was three, and just kind of been doing it since then. Wow, you got on the bike early and see how you're still young. So you grew up in Northern California, kind of by Sacramento. So I'm from Bakersfield. So I guess I'm Sin Cal, you're North Cal. Have you, yeah. are, you st- are you still based out of there? Or now since you're, you know, you're riding for SLR Honda, did you have to relocate or are you still North Cal? For the past like two years, I moved down to SoCal just because all the training and sponsors and everything is down here. So it, it's a little bit easier for the sport being down in SoCal. How's the traffic compared to up north though? Oh, it's kind of ridiculous, the traffic <laughs> and the amount of people here, but um, we bear it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really where you need to be, right? Like you said, for training and riding, it's just like, it's it's hard to beat. Yeah, just, just with all the sponsors and everything down here and the team's about an hour away up in Yucca Valley. So um, it's nice having them close and not super far away where I could run up there and get some parts for the practice or whatever. For sure. So growing up, in North NorCal, and you've been riding obviously since I mean you're basically born. Um, were you ever in any other sports, or have you always been just pretty much a dirt bike kid? Um, you know, I was actually really good at football, playing at school and everything, but I just never really actually played another sport. It, it just was like my parents were like, "You could play like another sport or do whatever you want," and I was like, "But like we'll have to go like practice less, and we wouldn't be able to do all these things." I was like, "No, I'm." I only want to race dirt bikes. Like, I don't want to waste my time in any other sports. So, um, never really got in anything, but, um, I like, I'm into sports. I, the Dallas Cowboys is my football team. I mean, oh, I watch sports go. and everything. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I watch everything. I just haven't played anything. Yeah. No, that's cool. I'm a Cowboys fan also. We get a lot of hate, but at the same time, hey, you know, yeah. we, we just can't help it. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So did you go to public school or were you homeschooled or did you kind of switch to homeschool later or just public school the whole way? Um, So uh, my parents wanted me to get like a decent education. So I went to public school all the way till um, through sophomore year. And then sophomore year, I was like kind of fighting with them the whole time. I was like, I'm going to school and just sitting there. This is so boring. Like (laughs) I'd rather be like training or like doing something like and then they're like, okay, we're going to take it serious. And um, junior and senior year, I got to do online, which was nice. But I quickly figured out it was even more boring than public school. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. No, it it is interesting, right? You think about, especially if you want to make it in writing, you know, a lot of the top kids are at training facilities. You know, they're not at school. And so you almost feel like nowadays, if you're not doing that, you're almost left behind where maybe it wasn't 
I, people were doing it back in the day, but maybe not to the extent they are doing it now. So like if you're, if you're in the public school route, it's really hard to get to the level you need to be at. Yeah, I think it's just hard going to school five days a week and then still trying to ride and train, right? Mm -hmm. Like you go to school for six hours, you get out at three, and then you ride, basically go straight to the track from there. You're riding from four to six. And then you're like, oh, you got three hours of homework to do. It's like <laughs> just your day's packed. Uh -huh. So it was just kind of, it was just super hard doing that. And obviously with the homeschooling, it was super easy and um, definitely glad I did it. Yeah, definitely. Well, cool. Before we get too far into it, I want to ask you some of these fun this or that questions um, just to get to know you a little bit more personally. So the first one is, are you a saver or a spender of money? Um, I would say recently I've been trying to save money, but, um, man, I, I never really, me and my family, we've never really had that much money growing up. We always, it was like, we were just going, we were just going racing and that was the money we had was to go racing and buying bikes and stuff. So it was, you never really had money and then the getting on SOR and then having sponsors and getting these bonuses and stuff and racing it. I've been like, Oh, I'm making I'll make 2000 off this race. I can go buy, I can go buy this for 1500. Mom's like, you, you can't get 2000 and go spend 1500 right away. Like you're already spending the money before you got it. So, um, I think as I've gotten a little bit older, I'm kind of saving it a little bit, but I, I like spending money. I like it a lot, actually. <laughs> it's like that instant satisfaction, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I like buy something. I'm like, Oh, it's, it, it feels so good and then a week later i'm like i'm really broke right now i need to start saving a little bit more yeah and things are things are pretty expensive nowadays too so uh, money doesn't go as far as it used to yeah yeah for sure uh instagram or tiktok i like instagram a little bit more i feel like it's a little bit more professional i can i have tiktok and instagram but um i get lost on tiktok i'll be stuck on tiktok for like hours and then like Instagram, um, like for business, like for posting and stuff, I try and post more like um, professional stuff on Instagram and for mm -hmm. the sponsors and stuff. Now, TikTok, it's a little bit more fun, like whatever I like. I could choose songs that aren't as like yeah. are a little bit gnarlier and stuff. So, um, yeah, I'd say TikTok's more for fun and then Instagram's more for the business side of it. It's crazy how, and we can, I think we were all in the same boat where you just get down that TikTok train and you're like, how'd I get here? How long have I been scrolling? Like you just end up finding the funniest videos. It's just, it's endless. Oh yeah. Or I get, I'll get stuck on like, um, I'll find a TikTok on like an episode of some show and I'll be like so sucked in. I'll be on their page, like trying to find where the episode's at and which one I'm on. And I'll be stuck on that page for an hour. I'd be like, <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> for sure um chipotle or chick-fil-a if it's like if i don't have a race and it's just like a fun day uh chick-fil-a tastes way better but chipotle i think i get like probably three times a week just because mm -hmm. i'm not i'm living on my own so it's hard to make three meals three meals a day so it's like i'm either going out for breakfast or lunch and most of the times it's just coming back from the track and getting chipotle so Probably Chipotle is what I'd pick over Chick-fil-A. Yeah, and you can, I mean, you get a lot of food and, you know, you can pick things that, you know, it's not a terrible meal. So it's, I feel like it's, it's it seems like an uh, alternative that a lot of moto guys eat. 
Yeah, yeah, it's the healthiest. Seems like the healthiest fast food option where I could just go in and it takes 10 minutes and get something decent. You know, I'm not sitting on the toilet for an hour after. (laughs) So, yeah. And last one, you probably don't drink a lot of soda because I know you're, you know, riding and training. But if you had to, when you do and you had to pick Coke or Pepsi? Honestly, I'm not really a fan of like the brown sodas whatever you want to call them i'm more of like a sprite gotcha like sprites like my go-to or i'll get like a lemonade yeah i don't really like the the brown sodas that much well that's interesting for sure yeah if you could eat one meal for the rest of your life what would it be you know no not worry about training and you know everything and all that stuff just if there's one meal that you could eat forever oh i may um one meal forever Honestly, I love steak. It would probably just be like steak and potatoes and like green beans or something. Like I probably make steak probably like five times a week. Honestly, I just love steak and then potatoes on potatoes and um, I don't know, something else with it is just amazing to me for some reason. Yeah, no, that's good. Usually you get like people say tacos or pizza or something like that. So you're you're having a real a real meal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, what is a typical, so before we dive in, you know, to what you're doing now, um, you know, you've, you've been really on the moto side for, I mean, really your whole, you know, growing up and raced a lot of moto. I know you're dabbling in some off-road because the team you ride for, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, but I was looking back, you know, you've been going to Loretta's for you know a long time. Um, you had some really good results throughout there and, you know, 2021, you got fourth in 250B limited and. I think 2022, if I remember correctly, like you were, you know, one of the favorites to win the 250B class. And I think you crashed on the start of the very first moto. Is that what happened? Yeah, I literally the first moto, <laughs> I felt good in practice and um, just hit bars going down the straightaway and ended up hitting the ground, broke my collarbone. And I got up and I was like, oh, I'm good. Like, everything's fine. I like lifted my arm. I was like, my shoulder feels like sore, but it's good. And couple straightaways later i was like hitting some bumps and i just felt like my shoulder click and i was like oh that's not good i was like we're fine like shoulder just popped in where we could keep going and then i hit the a right hander and go into the tank of mammoths and go to pull up and like my arm was just like not there and i was like yep my laredas is done and just rolled back and i was just so disappointed i was like why why me but yeah uh, yeah because I remember there was a lot of hype on you that year. You obviously had a good year and, uh, you know, you were one of the up and coming guys. And then you know, this year you went to Loretta's and you got second in the open pro sport and third in the 250 pro sport. What year do you think that you kind of had your breakout year where you started getting good results and, and you knew like if you just kept putting in the work that, you know, you could be a favorite in the B class and then end up on the podium in the pro sport class. Um, I've always been really good at Loretta's shocking. Like that's the race I go to. I'm like, this is like my kind of track. I like the, the tight and ready track. Um, first year I went, I was actually, I was on fifties and I was battling Romano for the win. And I ended up crashing and getting fourth. And I, it seems like every year I go there, I get fourth. So it, it was like, I was getting a bunch of force, force, force. It was like, I was just right there. And then I started training with Ryan Hughes after 2021. 
because I felt like I should have done better in 2021. Like fourth in 2PDB limited was pretty good, but I felt like I should have been on the podium, if not winning. And then, so I was like, we need to do something. And I, that was right when I kind of came down to SoCal and started training with Ryan Hughes. And um, it just kind of, I was training before, but it wasn't like, I didn't realize like what to do. I was just kind of lifting weights and not doing like certain stuff and just training with Ryan and then just being down here with the industry and seeing and riding with all these fast guys, like going to the track and just seeing like riding with Anderson. Like I'm on the track with Anderson riding with him, seeing what he's doing. And I think that's helped me the last two years. It just kind of picked up my game a little bit. And that's um, helped me a lot to get where I am today. Yeah. And were you pretty much doing it on your own? And when did you get your first support from a team or, you know, from anything like that? I know when we'll talk about SLR you're on now, but was there a year that you got picked up and started getting some, some support or were you kind of doing it your, on your own this whole time before SLR? um yeah so we've always had like a little bit like sponsors and everything um we didn't really have any like free bikes or anything until we got on um stan benson 2022 um i was on stan benson for that year and we got um some help from them and then now on slr we're getting some good help so just like the last two years is really the only time we've gotten help we've kind of been doing it on our own so yeah, and how was it? How did the SLR thing come about? You know, uh, Mark is, you know, they're primarily an off-road team. He's had, he's had a very successful off-road program for a long time. And, you know, his bikes are really good. And it was cool to see him kind of step out and help you and Noah Viney and, you know, a couple other guys. And so it was it was new for him to kind of branch out that way because normally it's been off-road the whole time. How did that come about? And how has it been riding for SLR? Um, So I think Honda was kind of... Honda and Mark wanted to do like a, a kind of an amateur program. And I was at, they were at Mammoth and I was there too racing. And they saw me, I was doing really good in the B class. I won like eight out of the 10 motos we did. So I did really good and they saw me there. And then we kind of talked from Mammoth and then Loretta's is like, um probably it's like a month or so after and we were talking with them they're like hey like we want you for next year like we don't care how you do it um at loretta's like we want you for next year like we like we like what we do we like your family um and now that, that was nice it took the pressure off for loretta's so it wasn't as big as a bummer for um crashing out that year but right yeah 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 but so yeah, that's cool. And so you, this is your first year with them. Um, and again, you also raced the Supercross Futures this year, you know, A2, Glendale, Salt Lake, and then um, the finale or the, you know, the one at uh, the Coliseum. How was it going into Supercross Futures? And we'll talk about, you know, you're riding moto, you dipped into off-road and, and then you're riding Supercross Futures. How was it riding Supercross compared to all of the other disciplines that you've been riding? uh it, it's honestly so much different like just the little things that you pick up on when you're riding supercross um is so it's like when i first got on supercross i was like fish out of water i had no clue what i was doing i was just try, trying to do it i'm seeing these guys doing it just wasn't making sense to me so um it's definitely way different yeah and it's crazy to think how important it is yeah if you want to make it a career how good you have to be at supercross but it's also strange that we grew up racing moto and then 
all of a sudden it's supercross is important. It's like, well, you're not really riding a whole lot of supercross growing up. So, um, what was the first time, like when you had to go through the loops and all that, those, some of the, those pros obviously make it look really easy, but then you get out there and you realize how cupped out they are, how, you know, marbly the track is. It's just probably just a whole different, um, feeling being down there rather than watching. Yeah. So I didn't start riding supercross probably until 2021 or actually 2022, 2022, I started riding supercross and pretty much that whole year. I just jumped the whoops because Ryan, I was training with Ryan and he was like, there's no, like, we're not racing right now. There's no point for you to be blitzing the whoops right now. You just need to be figuring out your timing and your corners and everything. And then we'll throw the whoops in, in in a little bit. And, um, this is the first year I started hitting the whoops and it was like the first time I just kind of was like you talking to people and they're like, you just got to go into them and you kind of just got to send it into them and, and keep a steady throttle and um the first time i hit him i was like oh that wasn't bad that was good that was good and then um just kind of steadily got a little bit better and i'm a little bit more confident and i've always been a little bit of a stronger guy on the bike so i think that really helps in the loops too uh being stronger and being able to kind of um move the bike around where you want a little bit more in the whoops yeah, if you look at your results, you you know, you're you were trending better as the races went on from A2, Glendale to Salt Lake. So it's probably just getting more comfortable and um just and getting more practice on Supercross, which was, you know, something that's new to you. Yeah, yeah. Um A2, it like we had a lot of rain in SoCal before mm-hmm. A2. It rained for like two months straight. So I probably had like two days three days on supercross um like literally right before a2 and that was it so i didn't really get to do any like testing or anything like that so we went into a2 and i was just super like nervous and not really riding like me and it it was honestly embarrassing what i did at a2 and i got like 11th crashed twice in the mains like it was awful (laughs) so um the next one was glendale right i think Mm mm-hmm and we had we had a bunch more training i got on supercross a lot more we did some uh changes to the bike and we did pretty good there i got a bad start but um uh, we came through the pack to six so that was definitely better and then um the next one we did was salt lake and got a good start and just having time on supercross was the biggest thing like you you just need time on supercross to get better on it and we finally had some time on supercross and some experience and ended up getting third there so we were pumped on that. Yeah, no, for sure. And that's, again, that's cool that to see you progress on that. Obviously, as you get more comfortable, it comes easier and super is as gnarly as it is. And so um, it probably takes time to get used to. But the thing is, what I think is interesting. So we talked about racing moto, then you race Supercross Futures and you're on SLR Honda, they do off-road. And then now, I, you know, you're jumping into some of these off-road races. I know you, you race the, um, on the very last round, at at um have yeah, yeah. You, you got second behind your teammate Cade walker who ended up winning the championship i think you were out front and had a tip over or something but how do you do you enjoy those off-road races which i mean it for those who haven't done it um you know that were i guess you know spoiled and doing motocross and supercross where you're mostly clean and all that you're doing these hour and a half on races and it's hot and it's just rough and what do you what were your th- thoughts on when you were racing these off-road races um 
it's honestly super fun going there and racing just because it's so different. Just doing something different is always super fun. So um, going there and racing and it's honestly just like a fun race for me just because mm-hmm. I don't have any pressure on me to go out there and do good. Like I'm just a moto guy. Like yeah. who cares if I get fourth or fifth or whatever, you know, like I'm just a moto guy. So I'm um, just going out there and having fun and then. It it always sounds more fun in my head, the riding part, <laughs> before I ride. And then I start riding. I'm like, yeah, this is – I'm glad I'm just doing this, like, once every month or so. So, <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Um, at the end of the motos, I'm so cooked. Like, the hour and a 30 oh, is yeah. so long. And, like, my normal long moto is 20 plus 2, you know, yeah, yeah. 30 minutes is the max we do. So, yeah. yeah. Especially, especially at Havasu. That's probably the gnarliest one of the year. You know, it's sandy. It's just like, it's just constant bumps and just blows your back out. And it's usually hot there. And like, that's probably the gnarliest one of the year. And it sounds like a great time. But then you make it a couple laps in, you're like, oh God, what do I get myself? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, I got, I got a pretty, I got a really good start, which normally in the off road races, cause they do the, the light. So I, for, for, I don't know for being a moto guy, I always do gates. So we never do the light and I'm always like sleeping there whenever they do the light. So this time, this is the first time I ever done a dead engine start too. this year. Mm -hmm. They did dead engine starts and I was sitting there. I'm like, I need to get a good start. I don't not want to be in the back of the pack and ended up getting a really good start and getting the lead by the first lap and just try to put in some sprint laps. And about midway through, I actually had like going down like this turning left. I had a really good crash and I was like, oh man. I'm sitting in the in the track sideways. I'm like looking at my teammate Kate. I'm like, go around me, go around me. You don't hit me. And he just like wheelies right over my front tire. I'm like, sick. <laughs> yeah. So it was a battle that that race, but it was cool. And what do you think too? Like, so you know, I'm again talking. You're from the moto side, and you come to off road. And I don't know if sometimes people have a perspective like, oh, you know, these these guys are off road. They you know, they used to, some of them used to race moto, but this, they kind of went this route, but those dudes are pretty quick out there. Um, and they've been, you know, they know the lay of the land and they've been doing it for a long time. Uh, there are no slouches. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're animals. When I first went there, I was like, Oh, like, like I heard they're good, but I've never like yeah. the first one I was like, I never like saw, saw them ride. Like they're just, it's off road. So I was like, it can't be like my speed. So when I first went out there, I was really confident. And then um, first race, I got, I think I got third. And I was like, these guys are going good. So yeah. here's the 450 <laughs> guys are on like another level oh, compared yeah. to the 250. It's honestly ridiculous how good they go for an hour and 30. But yeah, it's impressive. Yeah, watching, I was at Ridgecrest. And I know you, you weren't there, but I was watching the, you know, the, the top 10, the 450 class. I mean, those guys are descending it and even the 250 class is fast too obviously but it's just like dude those guys are going so fast and and you think oh maybe they're pacing themselves they're not they're just sprinting the entire race and as wild it is yeah how fast they go yeah that's the thing you learn in off-road when i went to the first one i was like oh i'll take the i'll take the first like four or five laps chill which is 50 minutes (laughs) because lap is 10 minutes you know so I'm like, I'll take the first couple laps, you know, at like 80%. And then I, I realized I'm like, I'm 30 seconds back. Like, what's going on? Like, I like, and then the next couple I did, I just kind of went like all out the whole time. And I was like, yeah, that's what you got to do. Like, mm-hmm. those guys are just going 100% the whole time. And 
whoever can last the longest at 100% wins is pretty much how it goes. Yeah. No, it's cool to see, right? All the different disciplines. Um, even if you're doing off-road for fun, I mean, it makes you a well-rounded rider, you know, and it's cool that you moto, supercross, off-road, and it's cool that you're riding for a team that gives you that opportunity. Um, and the last thing I saw that, you know, you went over to Australia and you won the first round of the Australian Supercross series. How was that, you know, traveling to Australia and racing that and, and just all that? Like, was it pretty cool to get the call and go over to a different country and race Supercross? Yeah, it was super cool. I got a call after Mammoth. Mark called me. I was like, hey, like, um, uh, Firepower Honda just called. They Their guy got hurt um, for the SX3 class. Like, they want you to go over and race for him. And I was like, heck yeah, like, I want to do that. Mm-hmm. So went over there, and it was just super cool. Um, for the first time, I'm going back, actually, on Saturday. But the, the first time I went out, um, I had my mechanic, Sean, just because – I didn't want to go all the way to Australia by myself for the first time. You know, I barely fly in the States. So <laughs> flying across the United States would, or across the country, yeah. not even the world, sorry, um, would be kind of gnarly by myself. So it was really cool going over there. The food is super good. Um, like the breakfast is unreal and the coffee. I'm not really a coffee guy, but over there, I'm a coffee guy. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was super cool. Yeah. And it's cool what dirt bikes can do. I mean, you can, do those types of things where i mean most normal people have to pay to go to places like that and yeah you're racing but you can also kind of do some exploring and just see the culture it has to be pretty sick to be able to go ride a dirt bike over there make some money and also see you know a different part of the world yeah yeah it was pretty much like a vacation pretty much for me at least mm-hmm. like i went over there um i was still riding and training but then after riding and training we'd go like to the beach and just like walk around and then all this stuff was just super cool and everybody over there you read and um jai my mechanic who was over there just everybody's super cool so um really excited to go back yeah definitely so if you had to sum up 2023 yeah you had good results at loretta's you you know splash your feet and supercross futures ended up with some good results you're a dabbling in off-road and um how would you sum up 20 and you got the ride at slr honda how would you sum up 2023 do you feel like it was a successful year and a, and a good year and um, are you ready for 2024? Yeah. Um, 2023 was honestly really good. Like if you would have told me that um, I would have got third at SX Futures, um, podiumed both the pro classes at um, Loretta's and got to go to Australia and um, riding for SLR Honda, I'd be pumped. So um, yeah, I mean, it was a super good year. I felt like I still kind of left a little bit on the table though, just with um could have been better and a couple things you know i feel like i was just right there um with a couple titles and stuff so um that's a bummer but um overall it was honestly really good um really excited for next year because um i'll be on the same bike same team um just kind of this year was the learning year with the new team and um first time being in the a class and everything first time racing for money so um it, it was good but i think it, it'll be way better next year yeah that had been pretty cool you know collecting a check finally for riding a dirt bike you get to that level and that your age and you're making some money you're like man this is kind of cool yeah yeah before <laughs> it was like you're going to races and just kind of going there for to win and i i honestly love winning and i think everybody else loves winning so um 
yeah but now it's like you're going there and first place pays 400 bucks you're like okay first 400 bucks sounds really nice you know <laughs> so that and plus the bonuses from all your sponsors and everything gets a little bit more serious in the a class so it's nice going to the races and racing for money and not just for fun at, at this stage you know for sure and so you mentioned for 2024 you're you're riding for slr honda again what's the plan for 24 as far as race schedule and you know, uh, classes and things like that. What do you, what are you signed up for? Or what are you hoping to do in 2024? Um, we'll do SX futures again, just cause last year we were just kind of dipping our toes in it, but we'll do all the SX future rounds next year. And then, um, mix in a couple pro nationals and do Loretta's and mammoth. And I think that's it and see how it goes from there. And hopefully we'll open some, some eyes in the, um, and the factory teams and all that. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, so that's cool. So you're playing with futures, you know, show your supercross skills, do some outdoors, you know, and, and hopefully open some eyes to get, you know, some support to race those series moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. I do futures and kind of show, show my skills a little bit better and, and, um, SX, not just a, a one race thing. So, uh, and then do the do um, some pro nationals and try and open some eyes and just kind of get people talking about me and and have some good results in there. And I think um, I, I think I'll impress some people in that. So, um, yeah, and just see how it goes from there, honestly. Yeah, dude, sounds like a plan. Two more questions before we wrap it up. Where would you like to see yourself in five years? You know, if everything goes according to plan, you have a good year next year, you know, you start racing supercross motocross where would you like to see yourself in five years five years i want to be one of the top 250 pro riders like racing supercross pro motocross and all that racing that and obviously being on the honda right now i'd love to be on hrc and kind of just doing what the lawrence lawrence brothers are doing they got their own program going they're the top of the box every time so I'm uh, really looking up to the Lawrence brothers and kind of, kind of just want to copy and paste what they're doing right now. Yeah. It seems to be going pretty well. If I say so myself, yeah. so, I don't know if you can really have a better uh, blueprint if you're trying to copy something, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. 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 So just watching them and watching their technique and everything, how precise they are on the bike and how calm and efficient they are is um, something I'm striving for to be in the next couple of years. For sure. Last one for the younger kids listening to this, you know, dreaming to make it to, you know, your level one day, you're going to race some pro. Uh, we're going to race some pro races next year. What is one thing that you would share with them that you wish you knew at their age? Now that with all, you know, the wisdom that you gained over the years, you don't always have to be the best. You could go to the, the practice track and you don't have to be the fastest guy. You could go there and be working on no back brake photos or working on this and just, kind of try and hone in your skills before you actually have to go racing and perform, I think would be the biggest thing for the little kids. And also just have fun. Like I think a lot of parents right now are for the younger kids are making it so serious. Like you have to be to bed at this time. Like after you get off the track, you need to sit in the shade and do this and drink water and all this. Where when I was a kid, it was like, I got off the bike and literally hopped on like my bicycle and went playing with mm -hmm for like an hour and then hopped back on my bike and did another moto. And that just 
I think made it way more fun than just riding my dirt bike and doing this and just not taking it so serious, you know, and having fun and just kind of, yeah. Yeah. And I like that approach because you see a lot of it. So, you know, some of the guys that came up, obviously there's guys that are really good that took it serious from a young age, but then you see a lot of these guys that it was strictly business and then they either get burnt out or uh, it's just, you know, they never really got to experience life. You know, they, their whole life has been just sleep dream, you know, moto and which I'm sure yeah. you guys too, but you also had, you made it enjoyable where it just wasn't a business from a very young age. So, you know, it's, it's weird how there's so many different approaches to how you can tackle. Yeah. That. Yeah. Like even now I'm 18 years old and this is like my job and I still get burnt out of training and riding all the time and doing this strict diet and all this stuff and every like just having something on the side like i like to play golf and go surfing is like makes it so much more enjoyable than and like as a little kid like it i couldn't imagine going to the track and like just being able to ride and then you gotta sit in the shit and then go out and ride it's like you can only do that so long until you're like i'm overriding so mm -hmm. i think a lot of kids are kind of getting burnt out with that yeah, I would agree with that. Well, cool, man. Hey, we appreciate you taking the time to do this with us today. I was excited to have you on. I know it's been it's cool that the team you're writing for, uh, they're all in you know, multiple disciplines, and it was it was cool to see them, you know, pick up you guys to on the opposite of off road. You know, the the bikes are sick. They have a really good program. So before I let you go, I wanted to give you a chance to give a shout out to the people who make it happen for you. Yeah, I like to thank SLR Honda, everybody over there from the team owner mark to the team manager sean the guys in the back building the bikes and everything that don't really get shouted out too much carlos and juan they're building the bikes and making them all pretty and doing a great job monster fly alpine star throttle syndicate odi bars gal for braking right ride dunlop twisted development the motors have been super good this year honestly i haven't complained once about power so um the twist twisted motors have been super good and uh yeah basically everybody else that supports me thank you i really appreciate it awesome man well it was good catching up with you and yeah man we look forward to seeing what you do in 2024 yeah thank you i really appreciate the call